When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Aiton and Mike Duffy. We're back a little later than we, we originally planned. Um, I wasn't feeling too great Monday, so I asked pop it back a few days and since then Watford have actually announced two new signings as well so it's actually worked out pretty well where we can do a review of the whole game talk about the new signings and then do a quick preview of the Huddersfield Town game so if anything I think we've planned it quite perfectly Mike uh, but Mike how, how are you doing mate? Yeah uh, good to be back as you say brilliant timing um, down to you that is so uh, hats off Ben. Um not a great game to discuss on Sunday. That's 90 minutes I'll never get back. And I'm sure everyone else that watched it or was there felt the same. But uh, other than that, just counting down the days till I break up for Christmas, mate. It's It's got a manic weekend coming up. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure work will be manic right up until the 23rd. But uh, yeah, how, how about yourself? You uh, feeling better now? You, you, you're ready for Christmas? You've done your shopping? Well, I can see that you're in a Christmas spirit. You've got your Christmas jumper on for back-to-back podcast. You had it last week and got it on tonight, so fair play to you. I'm sure I'll get slated for not wearing mine again, but I will wear it for the Christmas special. Uh, but yeah, mate, I'm all good. I'm getting used to my new uh, job role that I've got at work, and it's very busy. Um, so that's why we're not putting out as much content on like social medias. We just literally don't have the time for it, but we're still getting together to do these podcasts and that. But yeah, uh, Christmas is... I'm looking forward to Christmas, mate. Not too long. It's um, this Sunday, isn't it? Uh, not this Sunday, week Sunday, sorry. Um, so not long left. Um, my little girl's really getting into it as well. Okay. Um, she's really starting to understand Christmas a little bit. She's singing jingle bells every two minutes. Um, but yeah, my Christmas shopping, I- I'm all done, mate. I'm complete. Um, I'm I'm quite organised. I've got a bit of OCD. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm always quite organised. What about you? I-, I put you down to maybe being a lastminute.com and rushing out Christmas Eve to finish off the last bits and pieces? Or has that changed I, now you've got misses? I, yeah, so I, I was your typical Christmas Eve Christmas shopper. Um, but, yeah, my, uh, my missus Beck has got me in order now. And um, I'm done. I only need to get one more thing, which is easy enough to get. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud of myself, really. Uh, the bank balance is looking a little bit unhealthy at the moment now after those presents. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. It's the first one that I'm spending with the missus. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting and nice, hopefully. And uh, I'm sure um, there'll be much alcohol consumed. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we get time to, to do a, a Christmas special where we can have a laugh as well. Yeah, I'm sure we'll fill it in and have a few drinks and we'll... Um... If, if you've got any ideas, anyone that's watching or listening, just drop us um, a few ideas of what you'd want the Christmas special to involve. Uh, me and Mike will jump on it and, and do whatever. Um, you've got any requests or anything, we're more than happy to oblige. Um, but yeah, thank you for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like button and the subscribe button. And if you're watching on, uh, listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other podcast, podcast provider don't forget to leave us a review we really appreciate all the support you guys can give us um joe thomas is watching on facebook he says evening gents currently walking along the seafront of freezing cold portsmouth looking forward to another quality chat cheers for joining us tonight joe um i don't know why you're still out at this time um i don't know if you finished work or not or what but um that must be freezing being on the the south coast walking on the seafront in 
and Portsmouth. So rather you than me, mate. Um, I hope you get the feeling back in your fingers soon. Um, but yeah, Mike, let's jump straight back into it. We're talking about Joe being freezing cold, walking along the seafront in Portsmouth. It was equally freezing cold at Vicarage Road on Sunday. Um, it it was below freezing, uh, I, I believe. It was it was horrible and due to the weather the attendance wasn't great um lots of empty seats at vicarage road and i I don't blame anyone that didn't attend the game um because yeah it was absolutely freezing and then the game itself wasn't pretty mike um anything to sing home about after the performance it wasn't great was it no, I was quite happy chatting about Christmas still and uh, just doing a, a bit of a longer <laughs> we intro. We can go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was typical of a game. I, I suppose you could look at it two ways. I think it was typical of a game for two teams that haven't played any competitive football in a, around about a month, I think it's been. Uh, might not be quite that long, but I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, you could look at it another way. You know, we have had... Two friendlies, I think. We've played Blackpool and um, awesome. we've played Arsenal as well. So, you know, it's not as if we've gone that long without playing football full stop. Obviously, friendlies are a lot different to the competitiveness. So, I just think it, it was it was sort of typical of two teams, like I say, that hadn't played in about a month. Um, I, uh, I, I won't be looking back on that one fondly. I mean, I think the only positives we can take out of it is it's another clean sheet. We didn't lose. Mm. Uh, I make that three games now we haven't conceded in. Reading, Bristol City and um, and Hull, three games in a row, I should say. So, you know, that, that'll be good. I think the negatives were Hamza Chowdhury getting injured pretty much straight away and the fact that we didn't really have a midfield on the bench. In fact, we didn't have a midfield on the bench because it was Hungbo that had to come on. And I think they switched. That's when Pedro went into the the deeper role, which we'll talk about. But yeah, I think obviously the fans, the the, the low attendance, obviously the fans aren't there to jam on. I don't blame them. It was absolutely freezing. I was sat in in a warm warm flat, so I'm quite lucky. But um, yeah, it's not one that will be talked about for many, many years. Uh, but I'm sure, hopefully, Huddersfield will be that where we can kick on. But I think the positive is, as I say, Ben, we didn't lose and we got a clean sheet. Yeah, definitely. It was. It was. You've actually stolen one of my stats. I was going to put the end of the show about Watford's free clean sheets, um, uh-huh. but I, I'll let you. I'll let you off. I let you have it. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe a positive to come out of the game as well. It was Tom Delhi Bashru's first. Um, start in the championship this season for Watford. He got 90 minutes in his legs. It's a welcome return for Tom Deli Bashir. He's, he's came back at the right time considering the, the injury to Hamza Chowdhury as well, um, which did affect the game when, when he went off because obviously Jao had to step back into that central midfield. But big relief to see Tom Deli back. A decent performance from him as well. I, I thought he did okay considering it was his first appearance of the season. Yeah, I, I think it, it was visible in certain aspects of his game that it was his first start of the season and um you know he'd give the ball away a couple of times but listen that's to be expected he's not played that much competitive football I know he had that loan spell at Reading last season and they uh they were really impressed with him but he you know there will be an element of rustiness there from him but I thought other than that every time he got the ball he looked to drive us forward and that's what you want in a midfield day we you know, I, I often think back to the amount of times that we were sat on this podcast in lockdown and we talked about Will Hughes being the one that would get the ball and look to drive us forward. And that's what Tom Denny Bashiru was doing. And I think it's really positive when you see that, especially when you, you used to see the likes of no offence to him, but KMB, he can be very slow sometimes, maybe passes, you know, tries to play too many safe passes. To have someone young and energetic and talented like uh, Deli Bashiru get the ball, can of uh, hit a pass forward, kind of hit the flanks, kind of get us in the front foot. It's really refreshing to see and uh, I'm glad he's back. And as you said, you know, especially with the injury to Hamza now, it, uh, it couldn't come at a better time, really. Yeah, I thought Tom trying to keep the ball ticking over in that midfield as well. And he, he, he was looking for progressive balls forward as well. Like you say with Kiambi, it's always sideways or backwards. Um, so it was nice to see a midfielder get on the ball and actually want to pass it forward. Um, but it, it was a different midfield partner for Tom Delibashu as well, with 
Gel Pedro filling in for Hamza Chowdhury after he got injured. And like you say, Mike, it, it was a freak injury for Hamza Chowdhury, wasn't it? It looked like just two players going for a 50-50 ball and both actually come off really badly injured. Even the whole player ended up going off injured. He, they both tried to carry on and then within minutes, but it was it was clear for everyone to see that both of them couldn't continue. And Hamza Chowdhury actually was seen in, in a brace after the game as well. So it doesn't look like a decent injury, um, but it's a big blow for Watford, Hamza Chowdhury, isn't it? You can tell within five minutes, it unsettled the Watford team. And Hamza Chowdhury has been ever-present in this um, side since he's came in under Rob Edwards, Slavin Bilic, literally playing every minute of the game. And you could say, tell his presence from the pitch is, is telling, isn't it, Mike? Because he's everywhere. Um, the second-tier yeah. pod popped out a stat the other day saying that Hamza Chowdhury has actually made the most interceptions in the championship so far. And and with him being off the pitch, you could just tell. You could see that was missing from the game, couldn't you, Mike? Absolutely. I think I've been a little bit critical of him, to be honest, in the past. Um, maybe not necessarily on the pod, but speaking to, to friends and uh, other people. You know, I, I, I've got a, a friend who lives in the village where I live. He's a big Leicester City fan and... Uh, we were on holiday back in um, October and we were playing Norwich and he was asking how Hamza's getting on. And I says, yeah, he's a little bit too inconsistent for me. But as you said there, Ben, the fact it was so evident that we were missing a player like him as soon as he went off just shows how little the work that he does goes unappreciated. Uh, not just from me. I'm sure there's hundreds of fans out there that perhaps didn't realise quite how significant his presence has been um, and I think we will miss him and th that stat I was going to bring that up as well um, so we're even now you brought something up that <laughs> I was going to bring up but um, yeah I, I saw that stat as well and you, you you think wow you know that that's that's quite some going and that's what you want from a midfielder someone that's going to intercept the ball we haven't had that since the days of Etienne Capu you know he was fantastic I think he had the nickname the octopus because he literally was intercepting balls left right and centre and from places you wouldn't think I'm not for one minute comparing the two, but it's still good to have someone that breaks up the play in the middle. And Hamza does that brilliantly. So he's going to be a, a massive, massive loss. And like you said, I, I saw the tweet as well that said that he, he left the stadium in a in a brace. And it's not sounding great. I mean, all these injuries, we thought that we could use this World Cup break to get the squad back together <laughs> and close to full fitness. And we go and get a bloody injury. What was it, 10 minutes into the game it was? So... It's typical of Watford at the moment. Ever since, um, ever since I think it was Richard Collins. I may have got his name wrong. He used to be the head of um, the medical department for Watford. He, um, he. Ever since he left, our, our injury record's been shocking. Uh, mm. So something's got to be investigated there. But yeah, um, I, it's going to be interesting to see how that midfield lines up. Um, against Huddersfield. I mean, it, it probably would have been earlier. I know we've brought in someone since, which we're going to talk about, but it would have been interesting to see how that midfield's going to pan out for uh, the next few games. Interesting what you say about Hamza Chowdhury with, I don't think people recognise the work he does on the ball and off the ball. And I think the saying goes is, you don't appreciate what you've got until it's gone. The moment Hamza Chowdhury's been taken out the side, you're like, we really need that enforcer and that guy who breaks up play and intercepts balls. Because after that, we didn't have that. And I do worry between now and the start of January because um, the player we've brought in, we'll discuss in a bit, I don't think he's that type of player. So if, if it is a serious injury for Hamza Chowdhury, then that needs to be um, sorted out in January. So I do worry about these games that are going to come between the whole City game and the start of January. Um, but maybe another plus out of the game, Mike, we're talking about a negative for Hamza Chowdhury, but another plus, and I know we talk about him so much, and we do definitely appreciate this guy, whether he's in the side or not, it's Joe Pedro. The, mm. the guy is just class. Like, we were talking on it, uh, off air just before we started recording, saying about how you can just move him back, and he's still the best player on the pitch. And he was still Watford's most dangerous player as well. Um, he, he had three really good opportunities to score. Um, but he, he we've seen this before in a championship. He, he filled in when it was required. I think it was against Birmingham City in the game behind closed doors. I think we had injuries and suspensions. So 
Joel Pedro actually played centre midfield that day. But he actually filled in a game because, like you say earlier in the pod, we had no other central midfielders on the bench because KMB looks like he's out for four to five weeks with a thigh um, injury. Tom Tom Cleverley's out for a long-term injury. Inran Loser's out for a long-term injury. Dan Goslin's out with a long-term injury. We are really thin. Well, we're not thin. We're completely gutted of central midfielders. We ain't got any. Um, so... It's vital of a guy with that the versatility of Joe Pedro to just fill in and do a job, but also do the job very, very well for a guy of his age. Yeah, and I think that shows the talent that he possesses at the moment and the talent that is still to come from Joe. Um, echo completely what you said. You know, we were sat here just before coming on air, and um, I, I, I thought he, he looked as dangerous as ever. And you rightly pointed out that even though he was in a deeper role, he still created the vast majority of the, the the few chances that we had. So that speaks volumes when your guy who who really sort of plies his trades as a, as a 10, can play out in the wing or can play up front, when he's dropped back into a sort of more deeper midfielder role, he's still creating chances. I mean, that, that screams volumes. And I think, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but he is going places. I'm telling you now. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, I just worry where we'd be without a player like that. You know, if Shao wasn't on that pitch, would we have, you know, could Hull have sort of break us down? I thought Hull, their, their central midfielder, uh, I, I think Seri, he, he used to play for Fulham. He, uh, he He's sort of, in my opinion, the, the sort of mould of midfielder that we need. If somehow he became available on an emergency transfer, uh, a bit like I assume, you know, I know Bakuna was a free agent, but if Seri was available, then I would have had no qualms in signing a player like that. I thought he did very well in that whole midfield. Um, but yeah, Zhao, uh, magic as always. And, you know, we're saying how good he is now and he's had to sort of drop deeper. We hopefully have got sort of a midfield sorted. That means we can start pushing him back up the pitch in his natural position. And that's where we'll see the absolute best of him. And I still think there's more goals to come. He's sort of played the provider role more so far this season. But I still think there's 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 more goals to come from him. And, um, I mean, some of the performances you watch him and you, they can't get the ball off him. It's like, it's like child's play for him. It's, it's unbelievable at times. It really is. Um, Joe Thomas watching on Facebook, it says, Pedro is showing a level of maturity that I've not seen in any players as young as he at Watford before. The guy just oozes class. And it really is. And what I find exciting about Joe Pedro is there's another young kid at Watford, but I see what Pedro Pedro's ability was a couple of seasons ago. And, and I'm talking about Espria. I can see Esprit is performing to the standard with maybe Joe Pedro was a couple of years ago. If not, maybe slightly better because he's actually playing week in, week out as an 18-year-old. And it just gives me so much excitement to think how good Esprit could be in a couple of seasons more if he carries on playing week in, week out. What what was your thoughts on Esprit's performance? Because obviously he was playing a slightly different role. He was playing maybe as a number 10 at the weekend because Joe had to go back into the centre midfield. But he's getting into the right areas to score, isn't he, Mike? But he hasn't taken that opportunity to get back his first goal in the championship yet. Do you see that as a massive concern or do you just look at it like Joe Pedro? He's getting in the right areas and the goals will eventually start going. I think the goals will eventually start coming, but I also think he needs that first goal. I think to start with, it was like, no, don't worry about it. He's a young lad. He's he's finding his way in and, and sort of everything else. But now I think it's starting to become sort of visible that he, is, he really needs that first goal. I know he scored against Arsenal in uh, a friendly, which doesn't really count, so to speak. But, um, you know, he, I think he does need that first goal. I thought, and listen... All of this will be part of a learning curve for him and I'm not slating him whatsoever. I don't think he's a bad player, but I thought he was actually quite lightweight at times. I don't know if lightweight's an obvious thing to say because of his build, you know, very um, reminds us of Ashley Young in his days at Watford. But I think sometimes he can take too too long on the ball and it becomes frustrating. There was a couple of times during the game where I felt he could have played a pass quicker or... 
Um, you know, he, he could have played the right pass and he got caught in possession and it, it is frustrating. You know, he he is obviously used to a different style of football over in Brazil, where he's come from. And he just, it will all come with more game time. I've no doubt in that, but it is frustrating at the same time that, you know, maybe Jao hasn't put an arm around him and said, listen, you know, doing this ain't going to work here. You just need to sort of pick your head up and get on with it. But I thought he was caught in possession a couple of times, but he's another one. And like you said, once that first goal comes, I think there'll, there'll be a few more. I don't think he's going to weigh in with a load, but I think that that will sort of shake the monkey off his back a little bit. And I think it's clear to see that he's getting a bit frustrated now when he wants that first goal. Yeah, I, I don't. He had a really good opportunity in front of the rookery and in, in the second half, didn't he? I don't think he really connected with it as well as he would have liked to. Right. Uh, it, it was it was kind of straight at the keeper, maybe to the right of him, uh, and, and then the keeper just parried it. I mean, uh, yesterday Spree went in for the follow up, didn't he? The keeper got there again, um, so you can maybe tell he's a little bit frustrated that he's not being able to bag his first goal for what yet. But I do strongly believe it will come soon because he's showing the ability that he can get into the right areas. He, he, he's showing the hunger that he wants to get on the end of the balls and to get that first goal. So it, it will definitely come soon. A guy who I'm not too sure will ever, 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 ever score again is Raymond I, Mike. And I have no idea how he's been given the Watford number nine shirt. You reckon that maybe he's actually paid for the number. I reckon he's got some dirt on the pozos and he's blackmailed them into having the, the, away, uh, the number nine shirt. He is... One of the worst strikers I've actually seen in a Watford shirt, and I've seen Andre Gray. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, he, he, he was poor, you know. He's but I think what you have to remember is he's just come back from an injury. He quite clearly wasn't ready because he come on as a sub and then was subbed. So that's never a good sign. Um, yes, he should have scored. I think my grandmother could have scored that in front of the rookery. Um, so, you know, it, it's not great. He's a he's a professional footballer. He should be scoring from however many yards out it was, and it was pretty much a tap in. So, yes, that is very frustrating. There is obviously some talent in there. I mean, this guy played for Barcelona, played for Barcelona B. Uh, there was a picture circulating on social media the other day, actually, of uh, Barcelona warming up, and there's Messi, there's a few other big names, and then Raymond always next to him. So. You know, he, he's he's not done badly in his career. Um, but I think he's he was never gonna be he was never signed to to be like, right, go and get us 10, 15 goals this season. I think he's sort sort of striker that you bring on in the last ten minutes, you you're either sort of looking for a goal, you're lumping your big men forward, or he's a bit of a battering ram. He's he's sent on and he's like, right. You know, go and unsettle these, this defence, roil them up. We can feed off the scraps. I don't want to compare him to Troy because it would be a bit of an insult to Troy. <laughs> but a bit like Troy used to bully the defender, I think that they maybe look at him as that sort of defender, uh, that sort of um, striker. But, I mean, he, his performance on, on Sunday was, uh, were, was one that won't be sort of living long in the memory of Watford fans and it does question as you say how he got that number nine shirt I'm sure uh, if Troy wasn't focused on uh, Birmingham City at the moment he'd have a few words to say about it but um, yeah I, I, I don't want to criticise him too much the guy's just got back from injury but um, still should have scored that chance and we'd be talking about a different game completely and you, you mentioned you don't think he'll score again don't forget the goal that he did score uh, was, was only just you know, given to him. You know, nobody in the ground at the time thought that it was him. Even the stadium announcer said that it was Ken Semmer. Uh, so it was hardly like he'd beaten three or four men and then, you know, rocketed it into the top corner. It was a lucky flick on the way in. But sometimes that's what you want from a striker, just to be in the right places at the right time. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll reserve judgment on him till, uh, till he gets a few more games under his belt. You say you want your strikers to be in the right place at the right time. Wasn't he at the right place, right time <laughs> Sunday yeah, afternoon? I don't think he could have got there. into a better position, really. Yeah. Um, but, also, yeah, you you and me was there for, for his first goal. So, at least we can say we was there. Uh, Birmingham away, Tuesday night. 
uh, he just got a stud onto it pretty much, didn't he, to tuck it home. And we couldn't see from where we were in that stands. Uh, but also, I, I want to highlight his performance away at Preston North End because I, I feel sorry for the Ball Boys that day because <laughs> I, I think they're still looking for one of the balls that um, Raymond and I fired into the, the away stand, was it? Um, it? It was a terrible, shocking um, chance, but... I, he just doesn't fill me with much confidence. Maybe I'm, I'm being harsh. Like you say, he's not the striker who's been brought in to get 10, 15 goals of the season. He's, he's kind of a guy to roughen things up. But I've not even seen that, Mike. I've not even seen him ruffle the feathers with the defenders. I, I, I don't really see what he brings to the team. And to see him getting brought on ahead of Bakun Bayer at the weekend, especially when Manai's just came back from injury, I found it really puzzling. Um, I, I didn't really get that from Slavin Bilic. Yeah, I, I thought the same, to be honest. Uh, I, I don't know whether, you know, Bio was carrying a little bit of a knock and was maybe, I don't know, 70-30, 80-20 in the lead-up to the game. But even so, I'd have been bringing on Bio there. He's he's someone that, you know, he, he at least looks like he, he he's, you know, got something about him. Um but yeah, it was really, really interesting why he brought Manai on. Obviously, he's looked good in training since he's uh, come back, and obviously he's impressed Billich. But yeah, I he, he should have scored that chance. I'm uh, I, I'm gutted he didn't, to be honest. <laughs> so sum up Sunday's game. Do you reckon you pull it down to we created enough chances to win? We just weren't clinical enough because um, Jao had a good couple of chances. Espria had a really good chance. And then that Manoish chance. We we had the better chances out of the game, didn't we, against Hull? Yeah, a bit like England, funnily enough, against France, you know. I, I, <laughs> we're better team. Uh, I, I would say that we it was more of an even game. I think Hull could have very easily gone on to snatch it. I think bloody typical Ozan Tufan did everything but put a shot on target. So that was lucky for us. But he, he played a good few balls to his uh to his you know um, his counterparts, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a fascinating game. I, I think lack of being clinical cost us three points, really. Um, and, but to take the positive, as, as I said at the top of the show, it's a first game back after a bit of a break, and you'll take that absolutely. Uh, well, you won't take that considering the circumstances, but you'll take not losing it because. I can guarantee there'd have been a lot more people moaning had Hall gone and nicked it. Uh, but we have to take the positives from it. Three clean sheets in a row, not lost. I think we're back up to fourth or fifth now. And uh yeah, win on Huddersfield and I'm sure everyone will be uh, will be will be happy as Larry again. Let's hope so. I'd love three points um, to talk about next weekend. Um but one one guy who we we predicted during the week when we did a preview of the, the game was we we said we didn't think Ismail Asar would be involved at the weekend. Um, Slavin Bilic actually wanted Sar available. He was hoping that he would be available, um, but Sar wasn't in attendance. Um, after missing the game with Hull on Sunday, Ismail Asar has returned to a Watford training ground on Monday, and he's trained with his Watford's teammates yesterday and today. Um, so he will be involved for the game with Huddersfield Town at the weekend. Uh, the 24-year-old is Watford's joint top goal scorer with six goals this season and also has four assists to his name. We we did miss Saar at the weekend as well, Mike, didn't we? We we, we lacked that guy who was stretched for defence because uh, Keenan Davis doesn't stretch the defence. Uh, he kind of just ruffles feathers and holds the ball up. But Saar, he, his pace is so dangerous and, I think Watford missed that outlet over on the left-hand side of the weekend. Yeah, I, I think I just read a, a comment there from uh, from Joe saying that, you know, he, he wanted to give a shout-out to, to Big Ken. He, he thought he played really well. And I agree. I thought Ken, you know, had, had a solid enough game. Um, I, I do want to be a little bit critical, though. I did feel a bit sorry for Joe Hongbo. Obviously, not expecting to play as long as he did. Didn't look comfortable out on that wing. Didn't uh, take his chance, did he? No, not at all. And uh, that's a real shame because, you know, in that season when we are in the Championship last, you know, we were talking about him. Could he even feature for us in the Premier League? Could he feature more? 
uh, for Watford going forward. Obviously, had a really good spell with ex Watford player and, and manager uh, Malky Mackay at Ross County. But I just felt like he, he had a really good chance to, to put his name, not in the window, I, I think that's a wrong phrase, but put his yeah. name out there for, for Slaven Bilic to pick him more regularly. And he didn't take it. So f- from that perspective, we definitely missed Saar. I think we could have created the problems down those sort of sides. I think Ken did brilliantly down that left-hand side. But if Saar was there down that side, I think that's that's where we seem to be catching them out. But we seem reluctant to get the ball in the box at times as well. And mm. we've got Keenan Davis in there. He's a big lump of a guy. He'll get his head on the end of it. Vacuum Bio, even when he come on at the end, he doesn't mind get you know, he'll get up there and win his headers as well. So, you know, Saar, we know, likes to dribble into the box and cut it across. And that works. That's fine. But we there was just a proper reluctance to work the ball into the box on Sunday. And I think Saar would have brought that different dimension had he played. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see a few, this will raise a few eyebrows, what I'm about to say, but it'll be interesting to see if he actually features on, uh, if he features on Saturday against Huddersfield, because uh, I, I don't want to um, say too much, but from what I've heard, there's a few players that are quite disappointed with the fact that he chose to come back when he did, basically when he wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting to uh, to see what happens come Sunday. I mean, personally, because we we need to get a win, and you, you pick your strongest team. I would, hap, uh, you know, uh, you'd have to start him over who we've got available. We haven't really got that depth out wide, do we? Um, so you you would take Saar back immediately. Um, it was interesting to see Slavin Bilic was asked after the game. January's fast approach and what areas do you want to improve? And he, he didn't hesitate and he said midfield and wingers. Um, so he knows that he needs more out wide. And we got to remember Ismail Asar's got a year and a half left on his contract as well. If an offer comes in that Watford deem acceptable, they will accept it in January um, because they, they don't want to lose the value on Saab. They want to recruit as much money as possible. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we if we do get a bid, we will accept it. And then it's just how we reinvest that into the squad. But have we reinvested into the squad already? Because Watford did sign a Brazilian winger uh, today. The highly rated 19-year-old Brazilian, Mateus Martins, joins Watford. It's unclear whether it's been a signing permanently or if it's a loan involving Undanese. Uh, Andrew French um, believes that it will, it will be become more clearer in January. Um, the Brazilian has already started training with his teammates at London Colney Training Ground. Um, Martins has featured for Brazil at both under 16 and under 20 levels and will be available for the Golden Boys from the 1st of January. Mike, he seems like he's another guy from Fluminense. So this is a third Brazilian now that follows Richarlison, Jao Pedro, and now it's going to be Martins. If anything goes, if he turns out to be anything like Richarlison or Jao Pedro, then Watford have got a, a very good, talented player on their hands again. Yeah, it seems like that link between us and Fluminense is a good one. They've given us two brilliant players. Uh, and it also looks as well, from from the pictures that we saw of him in his training gear and, and videos, <laughs> he looks a bit more on the physical side. He's got more about him in terms of, you know, he's quite broad, lads compared to, obviously, Pedro come over here. didn't really look like there was much to him. Uh, Richarlison, the same as well. Obviously, Pedro bulked up for that season in the Championship. So, he might be a step ahead of where the others started because he's got that physical side about him. Um, that That's the hope, anyway. But, like you said, if, there, if it's anything to go by the last two signings from there, uh, then I'm really looking forward to see what he can add. I think I saw a stat. I think Lou Orne's put a chart out. Uh, he got it from someone else. He, he wasn't sure where. So if if this is your chart I'm talking about, uh, apologies, I, I can't credit you. I don't know where it's come from. But there, there was a chart, you know, looking at Martins and then looking at Sars stats. And, you know, it, it looks good. It looks like he'll create a lot of chances. And um, that that's what we need. And that's what you want your wingers to do. And if Sar does go, it sounds like we've got a, an ample replacement, which, again, a lot of people would have worried about if Saar goes, what are we going to do? Are we going to sign the right person? Hopefully, that right person is Matthias Martins. 
I think I've seen a few people suggest that maybe Martins would be a replacement for Sarah as well. Yes, I've um, seen that, yeah. So that, that would be interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the videos pop up on Twitter as well, his little clips of what he's done over in Brazil. He does seem more physical on the ball. He seems like he's got more strength, unlike Agile Pedro in his first season. And then he, he's obviously bulked up and got stronger now and he's stronger on the ball. But Martins does seem like he's got that into his game already. He he, he loves to dribble. He's got an end product. He can produce balls into the box as well. He, he looks like he's got a lot more to offer. And he's playing in that... Um, very talented under 20 side for Brazil at the moment and I think one of their players teammates is about to join Real Madrid for about 80-90 million pounds as well (laughs) Endrick I think his name is Um, but supposedly this Brazil under 20 side is like the next big things you know when England under 20s they won like the World Cup or something and we had like Sancho's loads of players this Brazil side are like next meant to be the next big thing and Martin's been highly rated so I'm excited by this one mate um, yeah I try not to go too much off clips I see because I remember when we signed Alex Merkel and he looked like an absolute world beater and then he went and got bloody sent off in his debut against Reading or QPR I think it was and he was shit for the rest of it so I uh, I can't wait to see him in person um, yeah. see him playing in, in that yellow for Watford and like you said you know that to be representing your country, no other than Brazil. I know they got knocked out of the World Cup, which was hilarious. But, um, you know, they're, they're, he's, he's part of the what they probably look at as the next golden generation. So I'm really looking forward to it, mate. Really am. Yeah. I, I, again, we spoke about Ismail Kone. We've got to remember, we've, we've signed as well the Canadian international. He'll be joining up in January as well. And we said last week, we don't think he's going to be thrown into the deep end. Well, I think that's changed now, Mike, hasn't it? With our central midfielders being out, I think he's going to be thrown in straight away and he'll be playing that centre midfield role. Um, But with Martins, I don't think he's going to be thrown in straight away either unless there's injuries there. I think he'll he'll definitely feature in the game against Reading in the FA Cup. Um, But league-wise, I don't think he'll be thrown into a league game to start straight away. Do you reckon it'll probably be bench appearances just to get up to speed? Yeah, you make a very good point now. I forgot about that Reading game being so early on. I think that would be a perfect game to start in. Don't forget, I think João Pedro's first start for Watford was in the FA Cup against Tranmere that season, where we went 3-0 up and thought, fuck this, let him back in the game. Then we lost the bloody replay. but yeah, perfect game to start him or at least give him a half or something. And then, yeah, bench appearances. Uh, again, could be someone that comes on the last sort of 10, 15 minutes, might have to build his appearances up that way and then hopefully force his way into the uh, starting eleven. And a second signing of the day for Watford. Um, Watford have moved swiftly to ease their midfielder injury crisis and signed Leandro Bakuna on a deal until the end of the season. The 31-year-old Dutch-born midfielder was released by Cardiff City in the summer and has been training with the Hornets for the past few weeks. Um, He will go straight into the squad for Saturday's game at Huddersfield Town, provided the necessary paperwork comes through. Uh, Bakuna made 114 appearances for the Bluebirds, initially joining the club in 2018-19 season, uh, where they were still a Premier League side. Um, Mike, probably not the, sign, the signing we need quality-wise, but it's a body through the door. It's 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 a body through the door. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've seen a lot of comments about it. A lot of people pissed off that we've gone for him um, based on who else was available in the free transfer market. But at the end of the day, Lisa, I know Cardiff fans have got a lot to say and it's not good. You... you replied to a tweet earlier from a Cardiff City um, fan account and the comments that followed, you you don't want to read them if you're, you're hoping that it's going to be a good signing. But at the end of the day, he's an ex-Aston Villa midfielder and look at the last couple of ex-Aston Villa midfielders that we've had. Jonathan Hogg, he was brilliant. Carlos Sanchez, he did a job. So listen, I know um, Leandro Pacuna might not have done well at Cardiff, but you know, he's played the amount of games that he has. He's an international midfielder as well. Granted, I don't know when his last international appearance was. But 
he's somebody to fill the void for now, you know, until we, we get some midfielders back. I, I think I saw um, there were talks of uh, Loser and Cleverly maybe being back for February. So if we can get, you know, him to, to fill in for, you know, a couple of months, maybe not even that with Kone being able to play from January, let's not judge him until he puts on a Watford shirt. If he puts on a Watford shirt and after five or six games, he's absolutely pony, then I'll come back on here and I'll say it was an absolutely shocking decision. But people did this about Carlos Sanchez and he turned out to be all right. People did this when we saw Ben Watson and he turned out to be quite all right. So I've not got a problem. He knows the league as well. This is what pisses me off about our fan base sometimes. So someone that knows the league, we go and do that. Oh, just not him. Like, you know, come on, give us something to work with. So I'll judge him after, you know, five, 10, 15 games, whatever. Uh, but I think it's been, there's been some very unfair comments. I know his references from his former supporting, uh, former team uh, supporters haven't been great. And I asked a few Aston Villa fans as well, because he was there. They sort of echoed what the Cardiff fans were saying. But yeah, I'll, I'll judge him after so many games. The most recent Watford player that we signed and fans wrote off before they even kicked the ball was a Mr. Dan Goslin. Um, yes. He didn't turn out to be a bad signing. Uh, he was a decent squad player, a leader in the dressing room. I'm not saying Bakuna's going to um, be a leader in the dressing room. I've heard that he's possibly a bad egg. Um, he's been reported at previous clubs. He fights his own teammates. There's a... Um, Video with yeah. Callum Patterson, wasn't it? <laughs> um, off Cardiff City, I think just before full time whistle went, they was squaring up and pushing a shove. And I don't know if he went to gouge his eye out. Um, he, he seems to, yeah. Cardiff fans can't st- stand him. Um, the the guy you you you're on about here after he saw us our tweet, it was um, a Cardiff City Twitter account called the Bluebirds Past. Um, so they just retweet stuff about past Cardiff City players and um, for all their followers to see and asked him for his opinion. And he said he's, he's not very good. We bought him for a lot of money and he was on big wages and he never really delivered. He was moved about a lot in terms of position, but never came across as having a good attitude or good work ethic. Um, one of the most disliked players by a fan base in recent times. Um, someone replied back to it, a Cardiff City fan Richard Beer he said he's a lazy useless bellend <laughs> Finley Jones replied saying he's dog shit it goes on <laughs> Cardiff fans don't really like Bakuna but like you say Mike we can't judge him until he kicks the ball for Watford um, so maybe we can start judging him by Sunday but like we say, it's a body through the door. We are short in that department and I'd rather Bakuna in there than Jal Pedro so we can focus Jal Pedro playing higher up the pitch. With me on that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think the comments just come in there uh, from Matthew Wilson. I saw a, a couple of comments from him. Um, very good point about Carlos Sanchez being a cameo player and I, I, I totally understand, you know, he's going to have to come in and he's going to have to play. Not great when you hear comments like that about work ethic. You know, you don't want that from a footballer uh, in, in any team, let alone a team chasing promotion, which is what we are chasing this season. But you'd like to think that maybe something's changed. I know so many people will comment back on this. The Pozzos have got record for signing players that might be crap. But what you'd like to think, especially under the... You know, you've got Slavon Bilic and Julian Dix in those training sessions. You really think we're going to sign a player that acts up and they're going to stand for it? Like, they're two of the hardest geezers possible in, you know, football management at the moment. So, they're not going to stand for him prattling about or not being asked. I think he, he's got the right coaches around him this time. I'm not saying he didn't before, but he's got two coaches that don't take no shit from anyone. And hopefully that gives him a bit of a rocket. Uh, and like I say, hopefully only until January. And then we can look at maybe bringing Ishmael Kone uh, back in. And and then he might not have to play as much. But, you know, like I said before, I'll reserve judgment until after a few games. Uh, and I can't wait for Cardiff City at home now because you just know that it's written in the stars. Whether he starts or comes off the bench, hopefully he scores. Because there's some 
damning comments they are. Uh, I've not seen comments like that for a player we've signed. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen it, to be honest. So it doesn't it doesn't make for great reading, but yeah, like you said, Dan Gosling's a perfect example. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll wait and see on that one. I think. Yeah, don't make good reading, but it did make me chuckle when we got those replies earlier. I was like, Jesus Christ, I can't wait to read these out later. Um, but yeah, let's not just write him off just yet. But Watford, they do travel to um, Huddersfield at the weekend to John Smith Stadium um, with the aim to return him back to winning ways. Huddersfield are the foot of the championship table, Mike. It's is a cliche, isn't it, saying that we should easily go there and pick up three points. Games don't work like that, do they? No, they do not, especially when <laughs> Watford Football Club are involved in them. Um, we are we, we're coming up. I mean, Huddersfield, to be fair, you know, they've got 14 points from 11 home games. It's not the worst in the league. Um, I think it's more on their travels. You know, they've they've picked up five points from 10, ga- 10 games um, away from home. So, you know, they are better at home. I mean, their manager's come in. I can't say I know much about him. He's got one of the weirdest accents I think I've ever heard. And that's coming from me, by the way. <laughs> He's got the strongest Brummie accent you've ever heard. But, um, listen, we should go there and we should be getting the three points. But as you said, there's no given three points in this league. And, you know, everyone's just come back off a break. So you don't know how beneficial their break has been. This might have been just what Huddersfield needed. So we need to go there, all guns blazing, and hopefully we get the three points because I think it's gone under the radar a little bit, you know, because of the start we had under Rob and maybe not picking up as many points or not turning draws into wins. If we if we get a win, depending on other results, we're right back in the reach of, of second place. I know Burnley are, I don't want to say running away with it, but Burnley keep picking up win after win after win at the moment, it seems. So they're just solidifying their place at the top of the table. But, you know, we're still within reach, I think, of, of second place at the moment. And a win would only help that as well. So it's a, it's a big opportunity. And, and, you know, there's not many recent games, it feels, that where we've gone to Huddersfield and done well. I think the, you say Huddersfield and straight away the, the, the game in lockdown comes back to me where it all kicked off with Ivic and Troy and Ben Foster had a howler and... Kapu scored an own goal. I think that was his last appearance for Watford. I might be wrong there. Um, the only time I can really remember us doing well at Hull, uh, I went, it was a beautiful day, and we actually went up to seventh in the Premier League that day, and we won 2-1. Gerard Delafeu scored for us. Yeah. I don't. I think he got both goals. I'm not sure. Yeah. But um, that was a brilliant, brilliant day. But these are the games that you have to pick up the points in. Uh, like I've just said, you know, we can't expect to get three points, but these are the games where we need to be picking up points. And uh, hopefully we've got enough in our squad, even though it's very depleted at the moment, to go and get those three points. Because after Saturday, after Sunday's game, um, it, it's needed. And I think the run we've got coming up is is a little bit tough as well. Yeah, it'd be massive for Watford to pick up three points going into these games. We've got Millwall, we've got Swansea City, we've got Norwich City. We've got big games coming up, so getting three points on the board before you play those will help out Watford massively. Uh, Watford have lost just one of their last seven league games uh, since Slavin Bilic's first game in charge of the Hornets. It, uh, taking charge of the Hornets in October. Only three other teams have collected more points in the championship than Watford. The Terriers have failed to score in six of the last eight league games, including the last two. Um, the Golden Boys have kept a clean sheet in the last three league games, which we Mike kindly stole from me earlier. Uh, the last time we had the longer run was back in December 2001. Um, so hopefully Watford can pick up a new... Um, Get a, pick up another clean sheet and that will break that record back in 2001. Um, but yeah, difficult place to go to. Um, I know the rock bottom, but it's going to be freezing cold up there. They they know how to grind out results at home. Um, they don't play pretty football. I know Mark Fotheringham's came in and he, he just wanted to implement his style of play, but it really hasn't transitioned onto the pitch yet for Huddersfield and uh, Huddersfield Town and, and their fans aren't. Their fans, 
are some of the loudest I've heard at a home stadium. When we went there, when I went there back in the Premier League season, that game I was just on about, even though they lost, and I think they got they did they got relegated from the Premier League that season, their fans, the noise their fans made was unbelievable. So they're that team. I mean, football up north is is like a, a religion, but they will back them. Um <laughs> you've heard this before, Watford fans. They will literally back them come hell or high water. And it uh, doesn't matter if they're foot of the table, they'll still back them. So that's why we need to be on our A game because, you know, Northerners don't feel the colds. There'll be blokes turning up there in bloody Bermuda shorts and short sleeve T-shirts and it'll be like minus four. And, you know, they'll, they'll be out in the numbers, I'm sure. And that place will be rocking, trying to get beyond their lads. So yeah, make it even more difficult. Yeah, they are a noisy bunch. I always hear them on the TV, and I have no idea. They've got a really annoying song as well, and I have no idea. I can't understand what they're saying. Um, do you know the one I'm on about? Uh, I think really, I know what one you're on about, but uh, it's really annoying. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to try and hum it or something, but you know <laughs> the one I'm on about. <laughs> but yeah, um, before we wrap it up, we'll give a quick score prediction. Um, what do you reckon for Saturday? Um, it, it all depends what squad we put out. If Zhao's going to be playing deeper again, it's got no reason to really because of Bakuna coming in. Um, if we can get Zhao back to his normal position, then I think we'll win. I'm going to go with a 2-0. We're going to break that record that you said went back to 2001. So four clean sheets in a row. And I think Keenan Davis is due a goal. I, I still think, you know, he's still getting back to full fitness. That's quite clear to see. Uh, but Keenan Davis is going to score. And do you know what? I'm going to say we're going to score from a corner. And I think Craig Cathcart's going to get on the score sheet. So that's a, that's a bit of a, a brave shout there. So 2-0, Keenan Davis and Craig Cathcart. It was good to see Craig back in the weekend as well. He really showed up against them. I thought him and Cabaselli actually, both of them was actually really good, but it's good Absolutely. to see Capcart come back and good to see that he was wearing like a short sleeve t-shirt without no <laughs> um, gloves as well. Um, just shows how tough they are back in, over in Northern Ireland. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a pretty watch again. Uh, I don't think we've had many pretty watches this season, to be honest. Uh, we definitely did it under Rob Edwards, which we was talking about before we came on air. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we'll go there and win. You know. I think the best we might get is like a score draw. So I'm just going to go for a one-one draw, and I'll be disappointed coming back with a point. I think going to a side like Huddersfield that foot the table, you got to go there and get the three points. But I'm not convinced with our injuries at the moment. Yeah. With with Chowdhury being out, even if Bakuna comes in, he's not up to the same standard as Chowdhury, and I don't. I think. Huddersfield might win the midfield battle and I think whenever a team wins the midfield battle over us, we really struggle. So, yeah, I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. I, I wish I could be more positive. <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's wrap it up there. Um, thank you, everyone, who's watched tonight on YouTube, Facebook. Um, don't forget to hit that like button and that subscribe button. Mike still wants us to hit 300 before Christmas. I know it's ambitious. I know it's Christmas. Um a week Sunday but look stranger things have happened um, but yeah hopefully three points are coming at the weekend and stay safe everyone and come on you ones Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>